Here they come! And welcome to episode 172 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm solo once again to look at the Star Wars connection between Star Wars and Space 1999 Season 2 story, The Beta Cloud. My there is one way we can get on an equal footing with that creature. You become one. Oh, I've tried to. But it's a life form. You can change in life form. Not this one. For some reason, its molecular structure is me. Why does your species resist the inevitable? Can we convince you that we don't want to inflict pain? Yeah, I know. You're going to kill us with kindness. Sarcasm in your present circumstances is hardly a defense. Accept your fate. So... It's spring 1976, and Space 1999's production offices get a call from Abe Mandel, who was the ITC president at the time. And he sent them a directive saying that Space 1999 from now on should have a Monster of the Week. And uh, he had sent that message out as a response to the recently broadcast two-part episode of The Six Million Dollar Man called The Secret of Bigfoot where um, Steve Austin is going up against this, what they think is a Sasquatch, but in the end it turns out the Sasquatch is an alien robot. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a smash hit. It, it came out in February 76. It was very, very uh, popular. So popular, in fact, that it got a, a, a crossover sequel called The Return of Bigfoot. So um, Abe sees that. He sees the ratings. He decides that's what we need to do. So... He contacts the office and Fred Freiberger steps in to write this story, The Beta Cloud. As well as having to come up with a monster story, he had a further complication in that Martin Landau and Barbara Bain had had it written into their contracts that at this time they will jet off to the south of France for a holiday. So he had to write a story where Koenig and Helena Russell are barely in it and unfortunately that means leading man status goes over to that walking plank of wood Tony Vadeshi. So what did old Fred come up with? Well what we saw on screen is a big cloud approaching Moonbase Alpha and almost immediately people start passing out and the vast majority of personnel pass out an eagle is sent out to investigate the cloud with only one person on board for some reason. Uh, disappears. Four days later, it comes back. There are no life signs aboard, but somehow it flies back and lands. So Tony and co go on board, calling out the pilot's name, even though the you know all the computers are saying there's nobody on board. Turn round and there we have Dave Prouse in a rubber monster costume. Now, before I get any further, let's talk about this costume. Let me open to my image. 
Right, so basically what you've got is Dave Prowse in a hairy suit. It's not a gorilla suit, but if you um, if you imagine a, a gorilla suit that needs a trim, that you've got it. Um, and a big frog-like head with two big bulbous eyes and a neck frill which goes all the way round, which is quite pretty actually in close-ups. Um, it's all like coloured, uh, well not gemstones, but coloured crystals or coloured rocks. Um, all very curious, especially when we find out the origins of this creature later on. And uh, yeah, it's Dave Prowse, it's Darth Vader himself. And um, he, obviously, he can't be looking out those eyes. He's actually looking out the mouth. His face was blacked out, so you wouldn't see him peering from between the teeth. So there he is, he's standing there. They're sort of like standing in shock. Um, and um, then we're off. We're back to the 1950s, uh, full-on 50s B-movie, uh, monster movie. Um, he sort of like started rampages around, picking up people, throwing them down, accompanied by this funky 70s disco music. It's hard to tell. It's uh, it's kind of strange. Um, and that's it. He's off, and he's off, and he's around Moonbase Alpha. And there's a lot of padding here. Um, apparently, the story um, ran short, so there was an awful lot of extra scenes put in to get the uh, story up to the right length. Um, so yeah, we have endless shots of Dave, the the I don't know, <laughs> Dave the Frog. And when he's walking around, he's got the Darth Vader moves. Um, it's really interesting. As he walks, you can patently see that's Dave Prowse. He's got the Darth Vader walk, but especially he he has the Darth Vader way of turning to look at something because this frog creature um, costume is very much like Darth Vader's in that the neck doesn't turn so if he wants to turn and look to the side he's got to turn his whole body. Around this time the cloud starts talking yes really and uh, tells everybody on Moonbase Alpha that the cloud needs uh, Moonbase Alpha's life support unit which we later find out is like this long tube. Now why a cloud needs a physical object I don't know and then that becomes even more puzzling shortly um, but hang on in there because yeah Dave the Frog is uh, they try letting all the air out that doesn't stop him they try filling the room with chlorine that doesn't stop him um, Maya transforms into a small alien and has a fight with him that doesn't work and as I say there's loads and loads of him just wandering around looking at things which is really all this story is made of. They try making a barrier of uh, cables and um, electrifying it with a couple of jump leads. Uh, I, I wasn't aware that Moonbase Alpha had, still had jump leads, but uh, there you go. Um, all that does is set him on fire and he gets back up again. He's like the Terminator, Dave the Frog. He really is. Um, then they try a bazooka on him. That doesn't work. And eventually, Maya realises that what they're dealing with is a robot. So a cloud somehow captures the eagle, creates a robot, somehow puts it on board, and then Dave the Frog robot flies the eagle back somehow. Bear in mind, this is Fred, isn't it? It's Fred doing the writing. Um, 
So Maya says, it's a robot, we need to get to its control centre. The Star Wars connection is coming up very soon and uh, it's just very interesting that this this was being made at the same time that, that wrapping on the first Star Wars film was just finishing and just the difference in approaches to things like monster costume design and execution and the notion of what a robot is it, it, it is quite incredible yeah they've got to get to its command center the robot's command center so what does she do well she turns into a bee now the whole Maya turning into anything she can think of a uh, piece of nonsense Ian and I have discussed when we were talking season two space 1999 uh, before uh, we were talking about a story called the ruse r the ruse the rules of Luton which was uh, incredibly silly and incredibly duff and we did we did uh, um, discuss the practicalities of how uh, this person can transform into a bee um, and then transform back again, still clothed, you know. But yeah, I refer you to that, to where, where we do try to go into the mechanics of it and try and understand it. And I don't think we got any with, anywhere with that. Um, so off, off she flies into his ear. And um, this is just at the point he's found this, this cylinder thing that's going to turn off all life support to the base and everyone's going to die because he's going to take this rod out and do what? get back into the eagle and fly back to the cloud but then what does he do when he gets back to the cloud what do they do with it it's a cloud how does a cloud make a robot fred hmm. um so the control center of the robot here we go the bee has reached his control center i guess it's his brain and that is represented by a piece of back back lit colored acrylic with loads of circuitry drawn onto it including by the way, uh, the symbol for uh, Renault. There's a Renault symbol on that if you look look carefully. And what they've done is they've got this piece of um, coloured acrylic and they've got a real bee walking around on the top surface and underneath they've got lots of flashing lights and occasionally flames. Um, I'm guessing they wouldn't be able to do that now. And he's nobbled um, by the bee walking over a piece of coloured acrylic nobbles him he falls over and the cloud disappears um where did the cloud go it's that's the robot you know that the cloud has sent turning off the robot gets rid of the cloud does it all right fred okay um and that's it that's the end of the story it, it it's just a a complete piece of uh bunkum and ordinarily i wouldn't I wouldn't feature it on the show because special effects wise you've got you know you've got a really quite terrible cloud um you know superimposed over a star field you've got stock footage of an eagle flying and landing and then you've got uh yeah dave the uh the frog robot um and that's pretty much it except for and this is the reason why i'm doing the episode um just the connection to star wars i've already said about We've got Dave Prowse, of course, um, in the costume. Now, this photography on this show started on the 20th of July, 1976, and Dave Prowse had only finished his role of Darth Vader 
the Friday before. So, you know, he has a weekend off. He's Darth Vader on the Friday, has a weekend off, and he's back on the Monday as Dave the Frog Robot. So that's the first most obvious um, connection to Star Wars. The next connection, and this is the one I thought interesting, and wow, I, I put it in here. Um, you might not find it interesting, but I found it interesting. In the, the 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 frog robot costume was built by Andrew Ainsworth over at Shepperton. And Andrew had just finished working on Star Wars. Andrew was the guy who created the Stormtrooper helmets, the TIE Fighter helmets, and the Rebel pilot helmets. You see the guys wearing on the Tanta V4 at the start of the film. He took the uh, the design of the creature, or robot, or frog, whatever you want to call him, uh, from Keith Wilson and created it. He made an internal support frame um, for the actual head, this frog head. It's, underneath all that is actually one of the Rebel helmets. He used that as a basis and built up over that, using plaster, clay, you know, latex, and, uh, and, and jewels or crystals, or coloured rocks. That's what I was going to say. This thing's a robot that the cloud has created, and he th feels, yeah, my robot should have some coloured rocks on it, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a cloud, so I can't say. I guess that's what a cloud decides. So, yeah, he built the head up from a, a rebel helmet. So if you go to the Facebook page, if you don't know this story... I wouldn't seek it out. It's it's just very silly nonsense. But if you go to the Facebook page, I'll, I'll put images of Dave the Frog robot, and you can see that head. And if you look at that head, you've got to imagine that's Dave wearing a rebel helmet built up. All right. Um, and the other thing is the the mouth opening and closing. That's Dave's own mouth opening and closing just like the planet of the apes mask as he opened and closed his jaw that the um the fake jaw would open and close and there we go that's it um yeah for those little things i thought i'd do this little episode um but to rate it oh it, it's not a very good story um and the creature like i say i mean as they're making this that they're still working, I guess, on Rick Baker and all that, are working on the cantina scene and everything still. Um, it's just incredible. Can you see this this creature in Star Wars? I suppose you could in the background in the cantina or something like this, but it just shows you the, uh, the stellar leap there's shortly going to be in creature design and execution. This is, a, this is harking back, as I say, really back to the 50s. Or 60s. I I can totally see this frog robot in um, Lost in Space or Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. In fact, actually, the walking up and down the corridors and getting electrocuted and shot by a bazooka could completely uh, be put into the sea view and it would fit totally. Uh, Ratings-wise, Dave, what shall I give you? What shall I give you? I like the I like the colourful little rocks round his neck, but oh, it's duff. Um, Three. Three out of ten. Okay, doke. That's it. That's me done. I will be back soon with a co-host and hopefully something a little bit better. Bye-bye now. That's all, folks.